Welcome to Casual Watch Talk, the podcast from the Casual Watch Reviewer YouTube channel. Join us as we talk everything watches from watch collecting, the latest horology news and interviews. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Let's dive into the show. This week in watches, Fears Goes Platinum, Star Wars fans can now wear the Death Star on their wrist, Hodinki have breaking news from 1970, Kith watch sells out in one second and ends up on eBay in two seconds, and we look at a Hodinki story from a few years ago about the seven myths of dive watches and what we need to stop repeating. And Chris will also be talking about F1 teams and what they're wearing this season. So how have you been, Chris? Pretty good, pretty good. It's warm, warm out today. Warm out this weekend. We've had interesting weather coming out of coming out of March. So, well, have you had a watch obsession this week? Uh, my my watch obsession this week was just started watching Drive to Survive season three oh. about the about F one. Couple episodes in it won't ruin you know won't uh, spoil anything. Got a couple episodes into it and was thinking back on uh, a, a podcast we did a while ago and and certainly want to touch about it. Uh, thinking about all the teams that changed and all the sponsors that changed, and I was uh, I was worried about my my favorite Bell and Ross for a little bit, but uh, found out where uh, where they changed and where they're going. So we'll uh, we'll definitely talk about that uh, today. Well, my watch obsession has been I finally got that vintage Casio, my childhood uh-huh. dream from my 14, 14 year old me who thought he could conquer nice. the world with this. Casio ProTrek, the PRT40. It finally arrived. (laughs) That's great. That's great. It it appears to be working. I'm not sure how I would measure the barometer, altimeter, and compass. Calculate it. Any accuracy. Right, right. Yeah. We're going to need a, you're going to need a, we're going to need a pressure vessel. Uh, You're going to have to go to some, uh, what's the, uh, what's the brass markers that get like driven into true north? (laughs) Something like that. So you can like, you you can set, you can set it to, uh, you know, compass direction. I could, you probably do a pretty good job checking it with your phone. Yeah, I'm going to, well, what I thought I would do is instead of just straight reviewing it, I might buy a modern one because I think there's an equivalent one that's maybe around the $50 mark. So I thought about okay. buying an equivalent one and then comparing them together because yeah, I suspect like not a right. lot has changed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'd i be interested because some of those sensors, I mean, you know, you you saw like it goes off the edge, you know, it like needs a bunch of space or something. So those sensors just got shrunk a lot. So I th- I think they might be... Some different technology there, but I mean the the miniaturization uh, is just absolutely amazing. Uh, but yeah, it'd be interesting side by side test to see, you know, after twenty uh, something years now, like what uh, if the barometer is uh, is set, pressure and uh, and and compass, etc. Cool. Awesome. Well, shall we kick it off with this week in watches? And we are kicking it off with a friend to the show. He's been on the podcast before, and that is Nicholas over at Fears Watches. Now, I couldn't mention this watch last week, but I'd had a sneak peek. But he has bought out a platinum version of his Brunswick watch. It's incredible. From the videos that I've seen and the images that he sent me, I also did a follow-up interview with him, which I'm hoping to post on the channel. But this thing is, it's insane. Have you seen it? That Watch Pro have done a great article on it. Yeah, it looks, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. And uh, the key, the, I mean, the, key, the big takeaway, I think, is that, is that price 
for a chunk of platinum. I mean, I I feel like you know you you take someone off the street and tell them that you have a twenty eight thousand dollar watch. They, they might, you know, they might uh, gasp at that. But uh, as far as uh, precious metals, platinum, uh, the price, uh, you know. It's, that's a that's an amazing price for such a such an amazing uh, finished watch, well finished watch. Yeah, he's retailing it for twenty eight thousand uh, dollars, twenty eight thousand pounds. Sorry, and that yep. is a lot of money. It sounds like a lot of money, right? But I've held a platinum date, uh, platinum Rolex Presidential model, also AP Royal Oaks and things like that. When mm-hmm. you hold those watches, put in that kind of price bracket, still way out of my price range, but putting that price bracket into perspective, I think this is great value for money because not only is he only, he's not making these limited edition, but he can only make four or so between four and six a year because he has a jeweler hand making each of the cases wow. out of platinum. So it's yeah. one expert craftsman and he sent me some video of this jeweler working on the case. It's incredible. Everything about this watch is he's tried to do and get the best materials he possibly can. The mm. hands on this watch, Chris, I don't know if you knew this, but on his stainless steel, he used to um, laser cut or CNC cut them. Okay. But platinum right. apparently warps when you do that. Right. So he found a company that uses a water jet and that's how they make oh, the geez. hands. They etch the hands with oh, a water geez. jet. Oh, jeez. And then, uh, yeah, and then and then uh, boil off all the water and collect all of the sediment from that because it's worth thousands of dollars uh, of all of the platinum that is eroded away. I cannot even imagine the process. That's amazing. Watch Pro have done a great article on it. I'm about to release a video interview that I did with Nicholas all about the watch. And Scottish Watches, of course, did the big announcement on the day. Mm, cool. Yeah, so really, uh, really yeah, glad yeah. to see that he's uh, gone up market. I, I still, I'm yeah. still holding out a hope that he'll recreate one of the vintage Fears divers. Right. I would love, but it's one of the oldest <laughs> yeah. British watch companies. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, you know reestablishing it. I mean, he's he's uh, certainly he's got some pieces out there that um, you know, like uh, he's doing. I think he's doing it right. He's reestablishing that brand and you know and 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 building it up. Platinum. How uh, how big is that case on that? Did they say? It's the same shape, as far as I'm aware, of okay. his current one. It's just made in platinum. So it's mm. incre- It's a lot heavier, but not oh, right. overly heavy. Have you ever, have you ever held yeah. a platinum watch? It's almost no. unnatural how I heavy know. it is. I can, yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, just even uh, platinum uh, platinum wedding rings. I mean, uh, my wife has a tiny little <laughs> tiny little platinum wedding ring, and it's like, whoa, that, what? that shouldn't weigh that much. <laughs> so yeah i'm sure it's uh at least uh gives you the impression i mean for some of this stuff especially precious metal like it definitely will give you the personal impression that you're putting that amount of money on your wrist kind of gives you that that weight and feel unlike maybe let's say an omega titanium or (laughs) some other some other expensive uh uh uh, metal well next story I, i don't know if you're a star wars fan chris a little bit did you like the original star wars well yep are you a star wars fan that has a hundred and fifty thousand dollars burning a hole in your pocket uh well 
not not this weekend no not this weekend <laughs> well for any star wars fans that have one hundred and fifty thousand dollars burning a hole in their pocket you can get a of course limited edition death yeah. star inspired watch this thing is insane so it's a tourbillon and as you can see wow. in the center here it has the we've got the death star and there's part as the, the tourbillon cage yes wow wow and well they've done. got. Uh, if you click on it here, you can. Uh, you oh, it's can, on sale. Oh, it's on. It's. It's not only is it on sale, but you can buy it online as well. So if you just, uh, oh, if you just, okay. All oh, right. oh, should we click it? Uh, <laughs> one, one house in Middle America, please. <laughs> so apparently, it's using um, uh, Kyber crystals in there, which is a fictitious Star Wars thing, oh, but it's okay, a prop okay. from the film from Red oh, One, cool. I think. It, uh, yeah. Sorry, Rogue One. Right, right. So if you've got that amount of money yeah, burning hole a, in your pocket. Yeah, and if you're a super, super nerdy Star Wars fan that has that amount. Oh, the case. Yeah, the case holy, is awesome. Holy crap. I just want the, I just want the case. That's amazing. <laughs> For anyone that's listening to this on the audio, the case, it looks like a prop from Star Wars. It, yeah. Or, or aliens yeah. or something. Yeah, it looks right. It looks like an emergency like container that you like smuggled into the back room of the uh, Mos Eisley Cantina. It's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and this Cross Studios uh, that have developed this watch, apparently they're a very new Swiss manufacturer, mm. watch designer. They were only founded last year by wow. uh, a couple of entrepreneurs that thought they could take on the world. And maybe they will with this watch. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> That's cool. So the next story is about the Kith watch that I talked about on last week's show so this is a limited mm -hmm. edition g-shock sold by a fashion brand in new york called kith i think they're similar to supreme where they drop t-shirts and things like that on monday so mm -hmm. i thought i'll give this a go because they were around the 400 mark which is it's outrageous for this g-shock i mean you can get a metal version of this yeah. one for less than 200 but it looked pretty cool my wife liked the look of it as well and i thought well i'll just see if this is similar to Hodinkee, where it sells out almost straight away. Okay. Yeah. It dropped at 11 a.m. East Coast. I was on there at 11 a.m. I had it up on my phone. I had it in yep. the browser. I hit refresh at 11, added it to the car. Nice. Immediately went through to hit the PayPal button. By the time that I'd done that, it was sold out. It had <sighs> to be less than two seconds honestly it had to be less than two <laughs> seconds i did it that quick the whoosh and <laughs> the whooshing sound <laughs> and i don't know bad. whether I, i'm not sure i'm not sure whether they were also selling them i think they also sell them in the store i'm guessing because immediate and i mean seconds later wow there was yeah. they were on ebay and not just like the whole dinky bs where people just put the stock picture on there right, and they're like oh right. i bought this watch for you know, I, I've the, got this watch the, on the, the way and then it comes, you know, it's coming straight to you. Right, right. The listing was like ready to go. They'd already like done all the, the work to get the listing. And they going. had pictures of the watch. Yeah. They had a picture of wow. the watch. So people must have been, I'm guessing, and uh, people that are, clearly I'm not into fashion, but people who are into fashion and know the Kith brand, I'm guessing that like Supreme, you could you could queue up. I don't know how many of these watches they had. They, there isn't yeah. a number, but yeah. they essentially like sold out in a second i don't even know if how dinky sells out that quick honestly i don't I know, know how yeah. anybody could legitimately yeah. get one online with with the last uh hodinky g-shock i had if i remember correctly i i 
just happened to I happened to catch it like I happened to know when it was and I just happened to be like oh yeah let me see if I and it was like 20 minutes later and I happened to log in and I watched it because I thought uh I, I too was gonna see like you know whether they're gonna do a queue or you know how they were gonna do it or it was gonna be like a certain number you know that sort of thing and it was a free-for-all but you're totally right uh I think I put I uh, put one in the cart and I went to check out and then I want to say maybe maybe a good five five minutes later I still had the opportunity and I was like maybe I'll buy four of them <laughs> And then, and then and then do exactly what we hate, which is scalp them on eBay. Don't do that. Don't do that. And so uh, you were doing no. research so, for the you were doing research right, yeah, for exactly. the, the new <laughs> yeah, show. Exactly. Did I mean, did I say four? I meant four hundred. Anyway, uh, so uh, no. And then I and then like five minutes later, and I was like, ah. And then I just hit refresh a bunch, and I I want to say they were sold out in like eight minutes. So I mean, yeah, I I agree with you. Like one you know one moment, like sixty seconds. Plus, um, I think. You know it, it, where they're located, like where their servers are located. I mean, this is crazy IT admin stuff. But like, if they're in New York and you're, you know, you're down in, in Florida, like the round trip. I mean, now, like, if it sells out that fast, now the problem is uh, the speed of light is the problem. <laughs> so it's like, well, sorry, Sam, your order took forty milliseconds instead of twenty, so you don't get one. You know, that's it's, oh, it's insane fairness kind of goes out the window doesn't it because i know in the uk there's a summer festival called glastonbury and i think Mm -hmm. comic-con do this where you have to register and you can only get one or two but i think these i'm guess total speculation on my part i imagine how dinky says to casio hey we're gonna sell um twenty thousand of these watches we want this price and we're gonna sell them for this and right. all they care about is shifting them. Like they don't, right. it isn't an idea that a watch fan necessarily gets these watches. Right. Conjecture on my part. But this is what yeah, it appears it like. like that. Yeah, that it feels it, like that. They don't care really who it goes to. Because if they did, you mm-hmm. they would have you registering on a, on a mailing yep. list. They would say yep. register your interest. Oh, everyone only gets one, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so we can yeah. spread them. And how oh, dinky never do that. Um, Kith yeah. obviously yeah. don't. I mean, I'm not that yeah. familiar with Kith, but... It- it feels like it feels like many times they have tried to fix the uh, festival ticket ticketmaster problem. They over the years, like back in the '90s, like Pearl Jam tried to do a thing where they basically like got all their fans and they like boycotted it and then they like, did it for free, whatever. But then like the money and the transaction, and then they were like, "Oh, this is hard. Like this is hard. To, like collect." credit card information from every single person and process this many tickets and this such as that and we had to print them like back in the day uh so kind of it's like it just keeps going back around and it just ends up where they're like you know there's like either a a, an investigation or a bunch of uh you know a, a concert that gets canceled and some somebody couldn't get tickets for it or there's scalpers or there's new laws about scalpers and like, no matter what happens, you know, we like going to concerts for forty years. And no matter how, no matter what happens, it just comes down to like, yeah, well, so they're going to go on sale, and ten thousand scalpers are going to buy them instantaneously. They're going to be sold out, and then the only seats left are going to be three hundred bucks. And it's like, ah, and you just you're like, can't we do something about this? <laughs> just like right to the bottom, <laughs> like you say, there has to be a way, and also. I'm sure these venues offload tickets onto these. There's one called Call Something in the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah that exactly. they, 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 end, they were the gray market for tickets. So right. they were like, oh, well, we'll take some of the, the crap ones off you 
if you give us yeah. some of the the you know the decent ones so it's kind of like a i guess sure it's the same in the watch industry i'm sure it's like oh right, I'll take a right. couple of these um yeah. you know these uh you know odd dialed colored watches yeah. and we'll you know give you a little tickle on something yeah, better yeah I certainly, I think, I think they could do better, but also, I also see at some point, if this wasn't a bestseller, or if you, if you did it where, hey, you guys, we're only going to let it to super fans that are registered on our site, it's going to be like, and 3,500 people get them, but then no one else gets to buy them, you know, that kind of thing. And then like, yeah, the super fans get them, but then you're not going to see them on eBay, and then they're not as popular. And then the people that would be buying 40 of them to flip them on eBay don't. And so then... They don't sell them, uh, race to the bottom. So the next story is about Braemon and give them definite props for this. I know in the past I've been a little bit, I've, I've teased them a little bit, rolled them around mm-hmm. a little bit, but mm-hmm. they have just built a new watchmaking and manufacturing center. It oh, wow. looks like they are going to start making more of the smaller components that are have become impossible to manufacture in the UK and I'm guessing also the US because all of that manufacturing was was moved abroad many, many years ago. It looks like this mantra that they had about British watchmaking, they're putting their money where their mouth is. And I think this leads nicely into what you were going to talk about because WatchPro did a great article and they've tied it in with the fact that they're now the partner of Williams Racing Mm. F1 Mm -hmm. team. And Mm -hmm. that there's... I don't know whether this is technically going to happen, but they've... They've made a few statements that might allude to the, oh, well, our shared engineering heritage. So I don't know whether they're going to actually work together. Like they might be making F1 parts as well Mm, as watch parts. But I don't know what you think about that. This probably leads nicely into what you were going to you were going to talk yeah. about wasn't it yeah 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 it's great it's great i uh good for them i mean uh we we, we had mentioned uh, certainly before uh it, it's going to take in order to bring that level of manufacturing back to a country whether it's the united states or, or britain uh you're you're going to need a serious serious investment in the the manufacturing the parts and things and uh yeah, a lot of the micro machine stuff may be, you know, maybe uh, similar in the, the stuff that you might need for F1, but certainly uh, certainly not that tiny. <laughs> but uh, so if they get into some of the, uh, you know, uh, com- different components or should I say the, uh, the different materials, you know, if they start doing, they could start doing carbon fiber or, you know, uh, different different material stuff that they could maybe do. But yeah, interesting, interesting partnership and uh, certainly it, it, it it feels like it lines up, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not like, uh, Italian Ferrari or, you know, alpha it's, it's not, it's definitely a, you know, UK, British, uh, England based, uh, brand and team. And, you know, they, they want to tie into that, that heritage. So lines, it lines up. We're switching the format round of the show ever so slightly. If you've noticed, we're going to solely concentrate mostly on the news. So at this time, we're going to make a space for a sponsor segment. But as we haven't got one, Chris and I are going to be the sponsors for this show. So what we're going (laughs) to do is we're going to encourage everyone to come on over to our casual Watch Talk Facebook group. It's been really growing, hasn't it, Chris? It's it's turned into something that better than what I was expecting, really. There's a lot lot of really positive conversation that's been going on. Yeah. And and uh, all over the map, which is great. We welcome we welcome everybody uh, all over the map and all over the map uh watch-wise. You know, there's n- just it, 
whether you're uh you know whether you're you definitely got uh, some 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 g-shock and i mean some you know basic entry level stuff all the way up so we're not uh we're not going to be snobbing or snubbing anybody that's uh that's bringing anything to the table we're gonna we're gonna accept everyone and it's it's really been good some really good discussions and then obviously uh like i said like sam said uh it brings uh, new ideas to the show so if you see something and we definitely talk about it or uh if you get your hands on uh, a new watch or see something interesting or cool definitely um love to talk about it here on the show yeah absolutely and if you're interested in sponsoring the show just let hit us up on the email Next story is, uh, I thought this was, a, this was a weird one. I know I've certainly talked about this on the channel before, but Hodinkee have done an article. And it's, I, I like the fact that I know people love it when we tease Hodinkee, but I, they've actually <laughs> done a great job of this article. And they've focused on Doxa and the fact that Doxa was in a film that not a lot of people have seen. And to be honest, I've only really watched the clip that had the uh, the Doxas in, but it was a Robert Redford oh, film see. called yeah. uh, Day of the... Three Days of the Condor. It's a spy mm-hmm. thriller. But he had mm-hmm. this Doxer on and a very nice bun strap. Have you seen this film, Chris? I have, I have not. Yeah, I have definitely not. I don't know where the timing came from because it's, it's not like this film is... It's not an anniversary of this film or anything but they've put a vintage doxa on a bun strap and it i think it looks pretty cool actually i've I've started really liking what docs are doing again what's your feeling on dive watches i mean and this is possibly the most diviest of dive watches or it's certainly (laughs) the the most utilitarian one that they still they still kind of make well my yeah my take on dive watches has definitely changed um when i started out I felt like, you know, earlier watches when I was a kid, you know, the G-Shocks, everything, they had to be waterproof just from the stuff that I, just because I, because I, I'm, I was a dumb kid and I just be like, you know, oh, let's go wash a car. Oops. You know, or let's go stick our hand in a fish tank. Oops. You know, just like I can, I probably ruined like 15 watches when I was a kid. Just, just, you know, whether it was mm-hmm. like, you know, from hard wearing. So that stuck with me and that like, you know, hard worn G-Shock that I had. And then any sort of future watch had to like satisfy that. That was like the first thing was like, has to be like, if I'm getting a mechanical watch, it's gotta be waterproof. And so I think when you first get into um, sort of your, into the hobby of mechanical watches, you know, you, you worry about, you, you kind of panic. Cause I think there's a bunch of information out there that's like, you know, Oh goodness. Like, don't even get like, oh, it's only, you know, 50 meters. What? Geez, don't even look at water. Don't even think about, don't even think about the word wet, you know? And that's not really the case. Um, and as I've kind of come into this hobby, uh, I'm, I'm definitely a little, a little less drawn to it, um, for the, for the style. But, you know, I mean, I love the, uh, I had a, I had a Sago Turtle. Love that. Love that design. I, I like that more than the SKX. It's kind of a you know a unique, different case shape, cushion case shape, different. But um, uh, but definitely, I would say you know nowadays, like okay, it's 100 meters water resistant, and it doesn't have a and it doesn't have a screw down crown. It's like okay, it'll be okay. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I think that the turtle is more iconic than the SKX. I'm sure we're going to get some comments in the in the comment mm. section down below. I'm not sure why the SKX is become so iconic where i think that the turtle itself is 
the case just feels nicer. It, it's yeah. a larger case, but it wears really well for a larger watch. I've just been release, uh, reviewing a Phoebus watch, and for, mm-hmm. for some reason, they've got their cases spot on as well. Like, they're mm, larger yeah. watches, but the cases wear well. Yeah, yeah. Never like and And now, again, if you told me, hey, you know, do you want to pick up a 44 mil diver? I'd be like, oof. Yeah. Oh, oh she's... That's a big one. And I mean, it's not really, you know, and I think I think the way it wears and, uh, you know, certainly like the the style of it, it certainly doesn't wear that big. But uh. OK, well, we teased it at the start, but you've been really getting back into F1. And I know a few people yeah. on the Facebook group as well. But shout out to TJ. I know he's a big F1 fan. F1's very British and I've just never I, I like the romance of F1, but Mm-hmm. I've never really sat down and watched uh, regularly watched an F1 race. I watched yeah. the big ones, but yeah, it's it. What's interesting is Drive to Survive on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, definitely start watching it. It not only sort of rekindled the the interest, but I mean, even even F1 is now like wait, you know, the first two seasons, like they didn't uh, the first season specifically, they didn't have the top teams. And then it isn't until like the second season that they that they were like you know you come is this on like into a documentary the then yeah it's kind of yeah it's kind of shot like that it's shot like that where you know where they where they they just Netflix just throws a bunch of cameras in the paddock and they they obviously get the FIA footage of the race and they kind of talk about the internal struggles and drama and you know whether it's whether it's two drivers whether it's the whether it's the the engine or whether it's you know some some technical problem that the team has. And they like they just they just get in there and then they they have these episodes after the season's over that kind of like brings it all out. But it it definitely like digs into some of the intricacies and get, got a ton of people hooked. So I'd say, you know, for after the first season, they were like, yeah, maybe we, you know, we could talk to Mercedes. And then like second season, third season, it's like, you know, come come into Ferrari. We will tell you. We will, we will let you take pictures of that, you know, because I mean, those guys, they're super uh tight-lipped about i mean they don't they're blurring out they're blurring out test photos uh like uh, mclaren had a team photo that they took where they just photoshopped out the side of the arrow they're just like no you don't get to see that like the team standing in front of the car and they're just like and and they're like yep that's the team photo and they're like what's this black giant area in the back they're like we don't know that's weird it's uh, we did a story (laughs) on this last year didn't we and i think Mm -hmm. we got a few i got an email from somebody who was complained that we pronounced some of the team names incorrectly so i'm sure hopefully i'm sure we're going to do a little disclaimer i'm sure we're going to do that again but in terms of last year versus this year and the watches that the teams are wearing yeah. we just mentioned Braymont. was there any that particularly stuck out to you um, any surprises well, or couple, there's a couple surprises we should we'll we'll kind of go through them and uh i was uh we'll start off with uh one of the ones that i was sort of concerned about which was uh renault has gone back to being an engine manufacturer so they don't so there's no black and yellow team renault anymore and uh, if you're familiar with uh, Bell and Ross, they're there. They were with them for like I want to say five, six more years. And that color scheme, that like carbon, black, yellow. Um, they did a bunch of they did a bunch of the you know skeletonized dial stuff and a very striking color scheme. Oh, I saw the um, um, I saw the laughing skeleton 
Skull oh, watch. Have, have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, somebody demoed it to me the other day at the uh, yeah. when I was getting my X33. Great piece yeah. of engineering. It's a total right. uh it's just an incredible feat of engineering for right. what you would think is a gimmick but not it's not at all when you see it in person. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one yeah, it's definitely one of those that like yeah, not nothing that I would add to my collection, but at the same time they said, "Oh, we can do this." And it's kind of kind of a cool piece. But uh I was curious as to what they were going to stick with. So they basically, that team basically switched uh, to Alpine, or, which is their, which is, you know, they make one car. Alpine is a manufacturer, but it's like, it's a Renault. Yeah. They made a very famous Very car famous rally a, car, yeah. Exactly, Beautiful. exactly. The Alp- yeah. Alpine. Yeah. So the, so what I'm excited about is uh, Bell and Ross has moved over to be their sponsor with them. And completely different color change. And so the colors actually remind me of the watch they did, the Racing Bird. That that blue, white, orange. Oh, for the sort air of racing. Combo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That they made a um uh not fictitious, but they they made a um you know, they they made a design like like a like a racing plane, and if they had a, a, a this racing plane that they that sort of inspired some designs, um, and then they made a couple watches sort of based on this. Uh, so now I'm sort of I'm sort of pumped because that's it's almost the same color scheme, and I think it's just I think that's great. Uh, very similar to uh, that Christopher Ward uh, chronograph that with the blue dial, blue and white, with like a pop of either red or orange um so yeah pumped about that but uh lots so that was a couple of team changes uh and a couple of a uh, couple of th- other ones but i mean for the most part um mercedes is uh sticking with iwc uh red bull has got uh tag huer tag huer tag huer hoya tag yeah, tag hoya tag, tag, tag hoya well i mean they're they're oh, the ones tag. that are pr- yeah. i guess tag is probably the one that's most commonly associated with racing because tag themselves used to make parts for race cars right. like te- technologies yeah. de avant-garde or think something mm-hmm. i think tag is yeah yeah so this is like super involved in and um every time oh what's the um they've got the chronograph with the 12-hour bezel on it that's uh right. that the that the uh, team boss wears and every time i see it on tv i'm like oh that looks so good and then i click on the link and i'm like oh well for thirteen thousand dollars better or whatever it is <laughs> i don't know uh mclaren is uh sticking with uh richard mill okay uh and aston martin so question for the group uh let me just take a quick look to make sure I'm not messing this up. Is it Gerard Perigo? Oh, yeah, Gerard Perigo. Yep. Yeah, so they're new to Aston Martin. Alpha Tori uh, sticking with uh, Edifice Casio. Oh, yeah. Because Red so, Bull was Edifice for a while, wasn't it? Back in right, the day. Back in the day, yeah. And then their um, uh, previous previous teams, the feeder team, the Alpha Tori team, Edifice Casio. Uh, so big news over in, uh, Ferrari is, uh, they have dropped Hublot. Oh, wow. God, cause so, they went all in with that Ferrari yeah. engine watch. I mean, it wasn't just, uh, a, a name yeah. on the dial, was it? No. I mean, they went, they went all, all in. Yeah. So big, big news there. So they've, they've, uh, left, uh, Hublot and, uh, picked up, went over to Richard Mill. So... Richard Mill, I think, makes up like 
four of the teams here. It's uh, it's such a weird weird bedfellows, isn't it? Because Richard Mill isn't. It's 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 known for its over the top flamboyant design. With mm. I mean, you could argue Hublot as well, but you can't use it as like a racing timer. Like you can't really yeah, use it as I like an F one yeah. chronograph. It's a it, yeah. It's a it's a it's an interesting. I mean, like I don't I don't know. I, yeah, yeah, and and I'm not sure. I mean, those watches. I mean, I'm not sure their market has to. I mean, there that has to be their. I mean, their marketing has to be right there. Like jet setters who take the uh, take the yacht and have it shipped to you know Italy or or the you know uh, Mediterranean or whatever you know, and then just like you know, and they can just they fly in on a jet. I mean that that sort of that sort of thing. But like as far as like obtainable. I mean, I just don't, you know, it's not like, yeah, it's, we're going to pick up, we're going to pick up one of the uh, pieces, you know, it's just, I guess it's the first, it's the one that's obviously just the, the, the um, racing team is an advert for the watch. It's not like there's a cheeky little nod, like, oh, our race drivers could really use this watch to time. (laughs) This is a precision instrument that a race driver would need. There's no, none of that romance. This is just like, yeah, no, not even close. This is just a blatant advert for, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, I think that's like a, I think it's a good, you know, like an indication of like a separation of like a fashion brand versus a, you know, like, you know, Omega with the Olympics. Well, like, yes, Yes, you know, they maybe didn't actually make the laser timing equipment that is, but I mean, they're a timing company. Okay, fine. You can kind of tie it together. But like, as far as this, you just, you know, and then uh, for me, I was thinking about like, if I had one of these, like if I went, had a Richard Mill and dropped down to a Cars and Coffee. Like I kind of feel like no one would notice. I feel like it'd just be like. Well, somebody, but people would notice, but just because of how 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 they look, not necessarily right. knowing who it was, like, They'd be like what is, yeah, what's that? What is that thing? Like, uh, you know, well, it's that, worth more than what I drove here in. <laughs> well, that was really awesome. I am. Um, we should bring this home. The end coming to the end of the news, but we've got a great article. I'm going to get Chris's opinion on these. Now, these are totally just our own opinions because neither of us, as far as I'm aware, are professional divers or even. <laughs> I don't know. I think I've been recreational diving maybe twice in my life. So, if anybody's, yeah. uh, if anyone's an actual diver or recreational diver, I know. I know Chris is over on the Facebook group, but uh, Hodinky basically did an article about seven myths about dive watches that we should all stop repeating and they explain well and i've definitely repeated some of these i'm sure oh, okay let's see so the let's first see. one is that the first myth i'll get your opinion on this is that the rotating mm. bezel on a watch is not to time how much oxygen you have left okay so this it's yeah is it is it my guess is and i i just throw this out there you you read the article is it to time your ascent no it's just oh. to time it's just literally to time so oh, okay time so you're like oh, you're 15 minutes okay time a dive yeah whatever. because apparently oh. it's well first of all they get a bit snobbish and say well it's not actually oxygen it's a mixture of nitrogen and oxygen oh, so it's, common, oh, it's yeah, this kind of oh they it's just this, go all the it's way. this type oh, okay. of article oh, yeah sorry. yeah yeah so it's this, is this... <laughs> sorry helium escape valve sorry well uh, uh, hey don't jump ahead <laughs> Yeah, we're oh, going to get to the Hylian Scalp Valve. We're going to get to there. So oh, they said, right. no, it's just literally just to, to to time how long your dive has been. They said you could loosely 
um, you know, work out how much oxygen you've got left, but there's other variables um, and also. And then they made a comment about how, well, you would need a depth gauge to work out the depth versus thing. But, I mean, it, it sit, they were sort of saying as if no watch has got a depth gauge on it. But um, mm. I know certainly uh, Citizen watches have depth gauge on them, even yeah. the yeah. Cassio Frogman. So they must mean something else. But anyway, that was the first myth. The other, okay. The next myth was that orange or bright colored dials are easier to see underwater which i yeah, believe was that, true said that yeah, yeah i believe it but they true. say so yeah. they're uh, i'll just read what they say they say bright dial colors have become a bit of a calling card for dive watches and we can trace that back right to the 1967 doxa mm-hmm. is a legendary um right. it, you know decided a variety of colors for like you know um in a deep a better visibility underwater it says water absorbs the color of light spectrum one at a time as a diver descends red tends to disappear first at 15 meters followed by orange and so on these colors simply turn into a dull gray unless they are fluorescent in which case they glow <laughs> to all depths it turns out that colors that stay visible the longest underwater are yellow and blue but okay. this is all a moot point because legibility of dive watches really has nothing to do with the dial color but rather the right. amount of contrast between right. the hands and the dial. Okay. okay. So arguably, I mean, I guess they're arguing that, uh, a, you know, maybe a fully loomed dial with yeah. black indices or something on it would be the best. Yeah. Uh, so- I've, I have, I've, ha- I've heard the orange myth and I have definitely heard uh, the contrast as well. Is much of the contrast, but I feel like, yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of weight is put into uh maybe the color the color of the hands and the color of the like the different you know the orange i mean the orange hand that you know what we've talked about yeah it's um it's funny they the next myth as well is that um for our audio listeners i've 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 given away the ghost here on the video but that vented watch straps help your wrist breathe now this is definitely an isoframe talking point and i have definitely repeated this based on isoframe Mm -hmm. marketing and i think this is right when you're wearing watch rubber watch straps normally it's better to have more holes in it but they're saying that actually that's that's not the case um uh, it's just that it says here water pressure exerts a force equivalent to entire weight of an atmosphere above us for every 10 meters the diver descends this effect is squeezing anything compressible in that way from uh, eardrums to soda cans. Thus, a neoprene wetsuit sleeve slowly gets compressed against the diver's arm as they go deeper. Mm -hmm. A conventional watch strap such as a NATO or flat rubber will simply then get looser and looser, causing the watch head to flop. So what they're saying is it's more useful to have one of those watches that has the... um, like you get on a citizen watch that has that sort of zigzag in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But But I feel like the zigzag... Like, I feel like they're so stiff that you're just like you would have to like you would have to crank that on your wrist like or you know or you know what I mean you'd have to crank that on your wrist before it started to like actually give way I, interesting but, <laughs> but but yeah I feel like I I I I can see what they're saying I certainly feel like the style like it kind of came like this is a dive watch style the zigzag so. yeah and maybe that's why some of the like the ISO frames are so thick because they yeah. um, and then here you go your old favorite the helium escape yep. valve um yeah so they say that helium release valves merely relieve an mm-hmm. overpressure of helium inside a watch case that is most often experienced while working out of pressurized habitats um you right. can read jackson uh, blah 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 um so yeah they're saying that the uh, saturating saturation diving specifically <laughs> so yeah so if you went down 
from a ship in a diving bell after being pressurized with Heliox. Okay. Now we're ready to talk about helium escape valves. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then and of course we had the we've got the old favorite here. Ah, Hundred meters go. of water resistance is not enough for right. a diving. That's yeah, uh, classic. Yeah, it says uh, overkill is a good thing when it comes to gear uh, that gets used in harsh environments. But let's consider the numbers. Paddy, the largest professional diving instructor organization, states that sixty feet or about yep. twenty meters is the depth to which basic open water certification card holders should dive. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, uh, doesn't recreational diving stop at like 60 meters? I think that's it. Something that, or 100, uh, they kind of say it here, like, or 40 meters, you know, that sort of thing. But like, I, I feel like you, you at 60 meters, there's there's like a, you need, you start to need special equipment. <laughs> so you're like, so you need, you need either rebreather or you need a different mixture. Um, and as a, as a recreational diver, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like they said, twenty meters. Yeah, and if you're a, if you're a diver and want to come on the show, then you are more than welcome to uh, set us right. And this one, I've never, I this this is a throwaway. Like they got six yeah, decent ones, and then this yeah. is like the throwaway. This is. Um, for the audio listeners, it says flailing your arms underwater adds to the water pressure on your wrist. I've never heard uh, that before. No, I mean <laughs> I, I have heard it. It it goes along with the um it goes along with the uh, showering with your watch. And we've talked about this before, like like as if the water traveling 32 feet per second somehow gets more pressure when it hits your watch, you know, that could, could somehow blow the seals because, you know, the, the, that the water pre- and you're like, no, it doesn't. No, geez. Like we're talking we're talking hundreds of pounds of pressure here that the watch can withstand. And falling water is only adding a few, a few, if any, pounds of water. <laughs> and it, we're talking if it falls from a while. Uh, and it wouldn't, it doesn't, it's not going to affect it. But yeah, like, or I've heard uh, swimming. Like if you were swimming with a watch, like you flail your arms around, I was like, that's some flailing. <laughs> I'd never heard, so, I'd never heard this before. And then, yeah. of course, then the, the final one on here just check it's the final one i'll edit this bit out is is one that i think everybody knows that most divers don't wear dive watches because today it's they wear diving computers because it has everything they need on it um yeah so i thought i mean that's another little throwaway one um i think I, i mean i've spoke to a few recreational divers and uh, most of them are too scared of bashing their watches like i, I know a right. gentleman who used to work with a guy used to work with them who had a tag and i was like oh do you mm-hmm. use your tag for that it was the aqua i, I forget the the tag one the aqua right. racer or whatever and he's like no mm-hmm. i'm gonna i don't want to bash it on a rock <laughs> yeah <exactly>. he <laughs> says i've got a depth gauge that's linked to the tank so i know exactly how much air. i've right. got a watch that's linked to the tank so i know exactly how much air i've got so anyway yeah. that was just a little yeah. bit of uh, a little bit of fun from how dinky there that's good um, that's good stuff well that was uh that was your news round up for this week as always we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye